Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We have made it, people. We are here. It is Friday. We are closing out the weekday, although time is a social construct, as is uh, the work week. Happy to be here with you as usual. 3 to 5 p.m., that is when we are on the air. My name is Lindsey Brown. Over across from me, across the glass, is Adrian Hernandez, and we are the Playmakers. And we might as well lead this darn show off with some breaking news, Adrian, which is always brought to us by BetQL. BetQL Network, BetQL.com. you got to go there. It brings us all the breaking news. I would read it, but it's a little bit too far away. I'm trying all these like new feng shui arrangements here in the, the studio. The new setup in the studio. Yes, because we, we try to create as many positive vibes as possible because the world is a negative place, and it continues to be a negative place, especially when we're talking about Raiders players. I was scared to ask what the breaking news was about. Yeah. It's about some more Raiders players. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's uh, about one that we've talked about recently, Nate Hobbs, actually, who was... uh, Again? Again. Who was the the same player who was uh, booked on a misdemeanor DUI a few weeks ago after falling asleep at the wheel uh, in a parking garage on the Strip after the Indianapolis Colts game. Uh, Turns out on Sunday he was cited for going 110 miles an hour on the 215 Beltway uh, right off of Decatur, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> Decatur for mo- most other Decatur. people. Decatur for that. me. Uh, so just literally down the road from us, uh, apparently he was not arrested for a reckless driving charge, although 110 miles an hour would definitely warrant said arrest. There, a citation was uh, rendered, and apparently the car was also taken. So Nate Hobbs, who was also allowed to play in that playoff game, clearly – got the message about his behavior and has learned the lesson, right? Why Why wouldn't he in this season, why wouldn't he just go 110 miles per hour yeah, in a vehicle right. in public streets? Right. What's happened in this city with that? It, it, it's honestly, it's... And he's not the only person to go 110 miles an hour on that road. I, I it, It's crazy driving around here, Adrian. No, it's it, nuts. It's good that you said that. That's, but yep. at the same point, he knows what his position is. He yep. knows what his job is. And he knows what's happened to some of his coworkers this season. And to, to say himself the least. two weeks ago. Literally. Literally. And you are a rookie. And, like, um, yeah. and granted, he did make ESPN. He was a notable rookie. But he was fantastic on the field. Congratulations. Congratulations. This is real life. My man, I'm this so is. I'm so glad he made a list on ESPN. Yeah. Are you? And because that that's what's bringing glory to this team. Honestly. There's nothing but glory and good news about this squad. 
It's really, you know, you brought up the point, and, and I've tried to make counter arguments where you're like, everyone needs to clear out because yep. this culture needs to change immediately yep. because this cannot continue. I don't even care what the source of the poison is anymore. Or it needs that, to be cleared or out. Or that they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or that they won their last Anybody three or four games. Anybody who has had a wound knows that even if you get 99.999% of the infection out, if there's just a little bit left behind, it will fester, it will get worse, and you'll have to go back in, get it cleaned out, and it'll hurt 10 times as bad. I've literally had that happen to me on several occasions. And here's the thing about accountability. Whether you take it or not at this particular instance, there will be another opportunity right around the corner because life goes on. But the more times you keep kicking this can down the road, well, then it just continues to not be fixed. But the thing that makes it so hard to like to understand is that an issue, you just were arrested. You just got yes. a DUI. Correct. Correct. Less than two weeks ago. Correct. So we can't even you. I understand being invincible just as like being a 19, 20, 21 year old, let alone. And he's an adult, too, which is making who is making decisions under yes. his own volition. And 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 he's he also represents player. the Raiders organization. Yeah. And after this, this season. Bit. Yeah. It, it's it's look, I know he's in the NFL. You're young. You already feel invincible. You Doesn't got money. Matter. You never thought that you would have that gets thrown out the window when you got a DUI and that's serious enough and what could have happened. And thankfully you fell asleep in a parking garage leaving Dre's nightclub. But then to go 110 miles per hour, what are we doing? We're not thinking. We're not thinking. That's what we're not doing. We're not checking ourselves. We're not uh, bringing any sort of wherewithal of our position, of the context, of anything. We're just kind of doing what we want to do. And so – I know that, again, he's an adult and he makes his own decisions, and that doesn't necessarily mean that the team supports this. But if you play him the week after he gets a DUI, and then this happens two weeks after that fact, to say they're not interconnected, to say that the slap on the wrist didn't do its job, is misguided. And uh, we've misguided this segment long enough because there's nothing else to add to it. Nate Hobbs, if you're still on this team going forward, I'm... (laughs) I don't know what to say. I honestly don't because uh, it just keeps happening and getting worse. But we have to talk about the Golden Knights because last night they were able to secure an overtime victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Very nice revenge game for us. But actually, the Golden Knights, I don't think, played that particularly well. Pete DeBoer said that they worked hard enough to earn the win, but I don't think that they necessarily played well enough. But that's how hockey goes sometimes. And just to take kind of a longer view on the state of the Pacific Division and what I think is probably the most important stretch of the season that's right on right on our doorstep here for the next this two, East Coast trip. Yes, two to two to four weeks or so. Because we'll we'll talk about the Golden Knights first. First of all, we have people apparently joining us on the road trip that have been out for long periods of time, like Alec Martinez, who was skating in a in a full contact jersey before he was uh, put into COVID protocol with Mark Stone. Max Pacioretty apparently is skating and will be joining the team on the road trip and is going to hopefully play at some point. Jack Eichel will also be joining the team on the road trip. Will not be playing. They will not fly his hockey bag. I wouldn't suggest it at all. Or at least he will, he'll probably just practice with the team, but he will not be playing in any of the games. And that alone, that kind of turning of the page to that chapter of that stretch down of the season to get these big names back in the lineup, specifically Marty. I mean, all three of those are just behemoths in terms of importance from this roster. But honestly, I know that 
Max scores a lot of goals on the power play, but we got other people that are doing that right now too. But Alec Martinez truly helps this defensive core so much. The, the team is a full letter grade better when he's on this squad because you don't have to rely so heavily on Alex Bertrangelo to, to skate the puck out, to do everything, and to have unnecessary turnovers because when you just have those reps, you're going to have more mistakes, right? And so when they are able to get those guys back in the lineup and back up to speed, that's huge mungus. And we've already talked about just how prolific the Golden Knights road trip is going to be on their schedule. We're talking the Florida Panthers, who are the best team in the NHL. We're talking the Carolina Hurricanes. We're talking the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, we're going through murderer's row. You know who else is? The San Jose Sharks. They, too, are going – basically, if we play San Jose on Tuesday, they play them on Wednesday. I, I've learned that the NHL kind of schedules uh, stuff that way. But San Jose – right now, is fourth place in our division with 44 points. We have 50, we being the Vegas Golden Knights. And as of late, the San Jose Sharks have been keeping scores low. That's a very different type of brand of hockey that they've played, at least in the last few seasons, but mostly because Martin Jones is not in that net anymore. He's playing for the Philadelphia Flyers, and while their woes are not all of his fault, I'm sure he's not doing the best of helping of hands. But they have lost three of their last four of the San Jose Sharks, and so their two are going to be going into that murderer's row with – a little bit of a baggage claim problem with them. Uh, the Kings, the next 10 of their 11 games are on the road. They are second place right now in the Pacific Division with 45 points. They're going up to the East Coast like Metro teams, and then they're going to be coming back to the West Coast and doing two games against Arizona, one against us, and like somebody else. But they have lost three games in a row, 16 goals against in those contests as well. They A lot of their narrative this season have been around – uh, the resurgence of, of Jonathan Quick as a netminder is Cal Peterson, who was kind of ascending to succeed him. And you know Jonathan Quick, Adrian. He's of course. a Conn Smythe winner, two-time Stanley Cup, number 32. Been in the league for a long time. Correct. He's one of the one of the best goaltenders of, of his generation. He's played incredibly well this season, has one of the higher goals saved above averages in the league this season. But they have taken a little bit of a lull here, uh, which is odd because they had Quinton Byfield make his debut last night. He was their number two overall pick. Uh, a few years ago, he was supposed to be with the team to start the season, but I think he broke his leg or something. I, he went to the boards awkwardly. So he's healed up. Hopefully he'll be able to get them back on track because it's like the Rangers. They're playing well, too. They're at the top of their division. The Ducks, who are uh, third place in the Pacific right now, 45 points tied with the Kings. Their next 8 of 10 are also on the road. They're going East Coast and then Western Canada road trip, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. They have lost four straight. And they've been shut out two games in a row. So teams are struggling. All of these teams that I'm talking about, yeah. that th- those are the ones that are directly below us, as all are, because we're at the top of the, divi- er, the top of the division. But none of them are playing well. And we haven't even gotten to the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. The Flames, net five of their next seven are on the road. Mixed bag of, of opponents, but they have to play the Blues twice, and they're playing incredibly well right now. And they just halted a four-game losing streak, so they're looking to kind of get back – to, to whatever their normal is this year, and Edmonton. We've spent so much time on them this week, Adrian, and it got worse last night. Not only what happened? did they outshoot the Florida Panthers, the best team in the NHL last night, they outshot them 40-28. to 28. But did they make Do you know the what the shots? score was? What was the score? 6 nothing Florida. Well, that's what Florida does. They put up like two nine-point games last week, right? Yep. Uh, six goals on 28 shots that's is a, that's a good unforgivable. Percentage. In goaltending numbers. Unforgivable. That's a Jersey's bad day. thrown on the ice in Edmonton, which isn't the first time it's happened this season or the first Canadian arena in which it's happened. It also happened in Vancouver. Uh, 
it just keeps getting worse for them. And so literally everybody in this division is not playing well or about to have a little bit of a jump in their schedule. And as I already highlighted, we have a bunch of our players that are looking to rejoin. We had two power play goals last night, which is fantastic. As I uh, hypothesized, there was a very heavy line going to that uh, penalty box last night. Um, Many opportunities for retaliation that were left by the wayside. But the Golden Knights... It was it was a game that was reminiscent of their playoff series last year, Adrian, because it, it in in the playoffs the Golden Knights have such a tendency to outshoot their opponents by a wide margin, but make their make the goalies look like they're superheroes. And Samuel Montembo had fifty saves again last night, two games in a row. It's the first time ever the Montreal Canadiens have ever given up fifty shots in consecutive games. They've been around the longest out of all of the hockey teams, so that just puts it in, in the in the exactly. And and he was he was great. He was great. And our netminder is on the struggle bus. Robin Leonard is on the struggle bus right now. I, I feel comfortable saying that he's on the struggle bus based off of what the performance last night. He's he's a little bit lost out there. And maybe it's because he's played a a, a few too many games at, lately because LB was playing a lot when he was injured about a week and a half ago. It's been kind of a trade off between the two. But uh, With based this- off of my notes, Adrian. That neutral zone emphasis that I was talking about yesterday ahead of the uh, the game. Again, we won, but I don't think we necessarily took care of the the level of business that was necessary to check that off as like competent, competent yeah. execution of said aspect of our game. Well, it seems like our division where we're thankful that everyone else is struggling and yes. we're at the top. So as we move forward and they go in this tough stretch and they go to Carolina mm-hmm. um, and, and the Panthers and the Lightning and then well throughout the season how much stock or, or, or I guess patience are you going to have as as these parts like it's so great that they're coming back but we don't know like do you do you think it's going to be seamless when they get back in the rotation and they're being no. put on the ice well, I, it's it's rare that anything truly is seamless because you obviously have to knock other people off of lines like it's not just yeah. like you it plug and play there's also you know a ripple effect down the lineup mm-hmm. but this is a team that has nothing but inconsistency in their lineup all season. So in many ways, it probably still feels like you're getting a shot, but it doesn't hurt as bad in a way. It's part for the course. And, and I, I honestly think it'll help. It'll better serve them when Eichel does come back, just a, this discombobulation so you don't have as many like neural pathways to rewrite. And uh, you still got to figure out who you're going to have to move to. And so there, there's still a lot of dominoes that have to fall, but – Again, Martinez makes this team so much better. It allows you to reallocate minutes. It allows uh, Shea Theodore to, to to take a little bit of a of a backseat and play probably more efficient hockey. And same can be said about about Petrangelo. But the Golden Knights have done a masterful job this season of managing their their roster gymnastics, and that needs to be absolutely complimented in in, in many ways. And I mean. You had Chandler Stevenson scoring goals last night. You had Brett Howden. My first note from last night, I think I've written this about four times this year. Brett Howden is a literal wrecking ball of a human being. Four check climbs a Montreal player on, a, on the half wall and then releases self into the slot with more defenders on the wall. And he literally turned over the puck, created a, his own scoring chance, and then got a shot off with three guys hanging off of him. And he's like fourth line guy. I love watching our bottom six play right now. Although our third line did not play well last night, did not play well last night. And 
we did get some production from that second line. So maybe that inspiration, that little pep in the step that I gave him yesterday was just enough for William Carlson to finally get his first power play goal of the season, which is wild to say, but it is indeed the reality in which we inhibit in the Golden Knights are officially working with a one-game winning streak they had on the road. On the road this season, they are 11-5-0. They're 13-10-2. We mentioned yesterday that the Golden Knights struggle mightily on the power play at home at a much higher rate than they do on the road. But we got a couple, and now we're heading out to where we do it best. Can I ask you you a goalie-specific question? What do you, or or your opinion, what's better? Because we put up 50 shots. Against this goalie last yep. game, but then you you brought up how the one team went six for twenty eight, the Panthers went six for twenty eight, yep. and they scored six goals. Like, is it better to be efficient and make sure you're taking the proper shots, or just chuck them? Try to take as many opportunities. That is a multi layered question because it, you can look at it from like my perspective as a goaltender. Where are the shots coming from? Because it could be from the outside, they could be low quality, they could be right in front of me and rebounds. Also, if I'm vibing. The more shots I get, that I vibe more, right? There, so there's a certain most, point more, where all where there's a switch, and all of a sudden, it's the goalie's game. All of a sudden, it's about you, and that's happened a lot lately because Montreal is a bad freaking hockey team. Uh, but in terms of the mindset, or from the vantage point of the players of the of the actual shooting team. Again, it's quality over quantity for me. I, I've played on a, I've had the privilege to play on a lot of good hockey teams that won a, a lot of hockey games, and so not, it wasn't always a necessity for me to be on my best game. Although I brought it every time, but with that, it comes a different skill set because if you're only seeing 15 shots versus 50, much different mental gymnastics, right? Just like how if if you're a skater and this goalie is absolutely robbing you back door. He's done it three times in a row this period. Do you maybe try something else? Or if that opportunity again presents itself in the rink, do you take that shot without any hesitation? Right. There's always like little ebbs and flows to it that um, really depend on the confidence of whatever party that you're looking at, because the it's all about what's going on upstairs for the net minders and where, and where you're feeling your game is at. And it's the same thing for the skaters. I mean, everybody can go out and perform and skate and look like they're doing things, but in terms of, actually playing at your best level we all know what that difference looks like and so that's why I'm comfortable saying the Golden Knights did not play that well last night I mean I've seen plenty of hockey games that they win and uh, and it's not great hockey especially with just how that play devolved in overtime it's just so sloppy so many turnovers just sticks getting lifted over skating I mean that's 3v3 overtime but thankfully Shea Theodore uh, has some very nimble wrists and hips and was able to dance through traffic and beat Sam Montembeau uh, mid-blocker side, which is a little bit of a, of a tricky shot, especially through traffic. But it's enough hockey talk. they, they got to go on the road. they got to go pack their suitcases, and so do we. So we are going to get into the spectrum of leadership and how is that exhibited across the NFL these days. Well, we're not going to talk about the Raiders. That I am for sure. <laughs> See, everybody shits on the goalie. You know, they like the strikers, the flash. But the goalie, that's how you win things. He's right. And we're in this together, and we're a family now. I can't hear myself. I can't hear myself, though. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Oh, welcome back to the Playmakers. We're going to get all into that quote later on in the program in hour number two. But right now, Adrian... And I are going to get into 
the spectrum of leadership. Well, that's uh, why I played that. Yeah. Captain oh, Captain Lindsay. Absolutely. Lead the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. One time uh, in, a, in a petty fight, one of my former teammates once wrote, Ooh. hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Uh, I'm not going to expand on anything else that went on. She with aimed that. it at you. She just aimed it. No, she she. It Man was a social team. media post. Oh, but it was probably aimed at me. Um, it was a different time then for me, and I hadn't really learned all the lessons that I had needed to. Uh, and to really put myself in the best position to be my best me, because that's all we all want, right? We just try to capture the day carpe diem you know a i hope bit, so right and some people do it at better rates than others like tom brady is probably classified as a successful person in our society or a cheater anyway well okay <laughs> but despite no, the cheating you're right you're right you're right he's also a guy that uh we write a lot about because when you have that, when you achieve that level of success, a lot of people want to know exactly how you got there. How do you interact with people? What do you put in your body? What do you listen to when you go to sleep at night? What do you smell when you wake up in the morning? Because I want to recreate it because I think I can be the next you or be the Tom Brady, whatever arena that I want to enter into. That TB12 regimen. Exactly. But the TB12 regimen is a lot more than just taking care of the individual self, right? Like Tom has been rumored as basically a, a coach down in Tampa Bay, right? That's one of the reasons I, I think he was incentivized to sign down there was a whole level of freedom that he was never afforded up in New England. And of just the everyday interactions, be that with your, your Mike Evans or your, your Rob Gronkowski's, but this article that's on ESPN, they're talking about like Cyril Grayson who caught that uh, game-winning touchdown last week who was not in the starting lineup for most of the season. Yeah, but, practice squad Exactly, player. but given the the current situation of their injury uh, history, at least recently, the Antonio Brown thing, like he mm-hmm. was thrust into that spotlight. But in order for him to be prepared for that moment, he needs to not be afraid of that moment. And just the way that they characterize Tom and, and how a lot of his former teammates that they spoke to and they spoke about him of just – in between reps at practice, or even after a, a play in the game, that if something goes wrong with the with the receiver's route, which he studies meticulously and then does a meeting with the entire team on Friday nights with because he's a, basically a professor. Like, I'm going to correct this right now because I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. This is the most efficient thing to do. This is why A, B, and C, you need to look me in the eyes at this point of your break, not any earlier, not any later. And just of what that commands from the people around you and what that communicates to your teammates about yourself as a leader. Cause it's easy to go the extra mile for the teammates that help make you, you right. Gronk, it's your, you're my best friend. Right. But when you're doing it for all of these other players, this is really what the TB 12 method is. This is really what Patriot way is. And where there's, there's drawbacks to this too, but this kind of equilibrium that is created by a specific individual with intentionality and vision, right? Because it takes a, it takes a special person to be able to do all of this and manage all of this. Because it just you would think, how do you set all of this up? You have to have trial and error. You he has to have help, as Antonio Brown said, it's, he has help too. It's the million dollar question. Yes, look at, and it's and it's crazy that we we talk about Tom Brady. He is a player. Yep. Look at all these teams needing coaches. Yes. The effect that Tom Brady's had on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since the minute he got there mm-hmm. is something that organizations around this league and in sports 
have been searching for for years. Absolutely. And while not everybody can be Tom Brady, I'm sure there's going to be a few more quarterbacks all of a sudden taking initiative and doing Friday meetings themselves and trying to study a little bit uh, more meticulously on this defensive back's tendencies. And I'm going to text those tendencies to to my buddies the night before, and then I'm going to say, hey, why don't we move Randy Moss to the inside of this route the, the night before the Super Bowl? Like, that's the level of commitment and obsession that it takes. And that's why it's not easy. It's not fun. And... Again, there's another level of, of talent there, of, of hard workedness, because Tom Brady's the ultimate hard work beats talent until the hard worker becomes the most talented individual in the room because they put in all the work. Yeah, no. And That's they, literally what he is. 100%. Like, you, you, you brought it up before the show about, like, Tom Brady has never been this, this person who's going to out-physical you. No. He doesn't have all Watch those Watch the features. combine bids. We know. He, he has the brain, though, and like yep. you said, he worked at it so much that all those things came exactly. right after. And then I figured out my system to make sure my body stays right, and then I figured out my throw mechanics so I can get more zip in my ball because apparently he's throwing a better ball now than he ever has in his entire career, and that's where it's like that's the mind is the ultimate weapon and the ultimate weapon in, in leadership as well. And you need differing tools at differing times because I, I will say – I'm not a fan of most NFL owners, if any of them. And Jim Irsay has definitely taken a couple of left turns that uh, I wouldn't have. But (laughs) he's a very self-reflective and I think more honest than most. And he's obviously very disappointed with the premature ending of the the Colt season. So here's some of the audio of the plane after the game. Colt fans here in the desert now and feeling the pain and disappointment from this season. It certainly is something where I apologize for, and we have allowed, and I have allowed, doubt, fear, and a lack of faith slip into our DNA, and it will not stand. Every walking step in this offseason is committed to getting the horseshoe back to where it should be. We understand what happens, and I understand what happens. It is unacceptable. I promise you one thing. Anyone walking into the 56th Street Complex this year will be walking in with all chips in, period. You don't want to put all your chips in on the table for winning and excellence. Then Then don't walk in the building. This commitment starts with me, it starts with my self-analysis, and I can tell all of Colts Nation, this is something that every day, every hour, every minute, we're working to fix. It's unacceptable, and it will not stand. Thank you. Now, whether that's a lot of lip service or not, again, very much our problem our shortcoming, our solution, our team going forward. We haven't heard a lot of similar messaging from, say, the Dallas Cowboys camp this week, right? It's been very different type of press conferences, different type of questions and stories. But yesterday there was a kind of a, a larger feature uh, about Jim Irsay, written by Zach Kiefer on The Athletic, and, and just about clearly with that audio as the example. 
this guy bleeds Colts. Like he he was raised in that locker room, and and we've talked about him recently, and just what what his legacy and the legacy that he had to live down with his father, um, and and what he's been able to do with that organization. Uh again, er say the individual versus er say the 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 leader here. I, I I love people that point the fingers at themselves, and he's the ultimate team guy. As I said, he was raised in that locker room, so he gets it. And whether or not that was a shot across the bow directly at Carson Wentz, he said it wasn't. But we all know that there's differing levels of buy-in and that there were things that you can help. There's always something that you can do better, whether it's a, it's a, a shot or an extra rep here or doing some extra rehab or getting an ice bath. And, like, there's always something else. That's what you always reflect on when you do meet that point of failure. Um, and then you have someone like Penny Hardaway who is catching a lot of flack today for his press conference. Was it last night? Yeah, last night uh, they lost to SMU. And he's um, the head coach of the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. Or not the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. The Memphis Tigers. The Tigers, um, the college program and there. And they've, they've been – a lot of expectations, you know, uh, Penny's brought in a lot of recruits, but this season with COVID, uh, he had to start the game with five starters. Despite Kentucky winning a national championship right. with five freshmen, uh, sometimes it doesn't go well for programs. So they've been struggling – uh, they've been asking and, the media asked Penny about you know the struggles. Are you, and yeah, Penny are you disappointed? Up. Are you are are you pissed? Are you whatever? And he and he took, um, he took those a little personally, and in a way, I, he does take it a little bit too far. He draw he he drops a couple of mfs in there. He he swears. It's always a little bit of a of a thin <laughs> ice venture when you're when you're a coach and stuff like that. But he 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 was really about the the messaging that. I'm I'm trying to teach these kids, 17, 18 year olds, to compete with the with the guys that have already been here for a couple of years. They're working hard. We're There's working. I work too hard to be yeah. dealing with these questions of of that that just kind of explain away all of the adversity. It's like, well, why aren't you succeeding? Well, look at look at the writing on the wall here. You know, and, and that's what he's doing, at least in my mind, and in a way, taking all of that flack and pressure and vitriol onto himself because. It almost is like a hockey captaincy in a way when you're when you're a, when you're a head coach at a college program, especially with basketball, because there's just not as many bodies, right? At least that make up your team. And so, whenever you send Mark Stone out there to answer to the press, he's gonna he's always gonna bring it back to himself or bring it back to the team. He's never gonna bring up other individuals. He's always going to take on the load and basically like be that human, sacrificial lamb. Yeah, I mean, I, I do the same thing even here with the show. If something goes wrong, I'm like, it's my fault. Yep. Sorry, I, I will get that better. So it's some of that a mentality that a lot of people have. And I feel like, personally, with this Jim Irsay, like, it was a collapse that we've never seen before. They had a 98% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. The fact that they lost to the Raiders and Jaguars, like, that's a huge deal where a white flag needs to be put up yep. and something needs to be said. And he said you, it wasn't just about the loss. It was the fact that they were completely disinterested when they got there from the get-go. And that they got blown out. Completely yes. blown out by a team that had been blown up by 40 points the week prior. I just I just feel like, Ursay, at the end of the season, you're going to have to talk to the press. You talk to the press. The coaches have to talk to the They have to have their final press conferences before OTAs and things yeah. come out. That's when you do it. And then if you want to take the approach – that Penny had where, well, I guess Penny defended his players. Yeah. Whereas if Jim Ursay wants to use the press conference to send messages of like, this is unacceptable. That wasn't a press conference. Well, that was outside of his plan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I, and I understand that it's emotional and, yep. and he's upset and he's involved. 
this was reminiscent. Maybe I have some trauma with. I did not like the way Dan Gilbert handled when LeBron left the first time and wrote the letter. Yeah, uh, it, that wasn't great. Yeah, obviously the the Ursay quote wasn't as fanboy as owners. And it, it's a difficult thing when we're looking on the outside is we're not Colts fans. Like I could be, I could picture myself being a Colts fan and being like, yeah, he cares. This is awesome. This sure. is what we need. Yep. But like at the end of the day, this these aren't like this isn't changing stuff. There's actions that need to be taken. Right. The Colts were a good team. Uh, the rushing leader with Jonathan Taylor, they had like seven Great pro defense. bowlers. Yeah, they had seven they, pro they bowlers. They sent the most people to the pro bowl out of anybody. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't make – so, and, and, you know, as all these coaching uh, hires and general manager hires, you know, the Colts are like that front office is very hot where everyone's like, hey, can we talk to the Absolutely. assistant GM? So, obviously, they have things there that are good. And but there's Ursa pieces. wants more warriors. That's what it about. What it's about. That's what the quote is. Well, I what don't does shy that away. Mean? That We're means football. We're yeah. all warriors. It's a difficult sport. Like nobody. He's saying he's going win or die quote. And <sighs> and and I I know that that's uh, a sports cliche, but that's why I I can't make any reality you that makes sense to me. College. That, yes. Yeah. Uh, you uh, if if. If someone who who who's higher up on the team but is not on the team and is not playing is is saying things as passionate as this and and like we need well, warriors did I just in lose? the soft sure hell yeah then I'm behind it hell yeah because I lost he's right we failed we failed okay the, one of the biggest failures of all time and so whatever they say above me, first of all, they're the ones that are signing my paycheck or signing my scholarship or signing my equipment managerial stuff, whatever. They're part of this too because without them, this isn't here. And without me, this team isn't what it is either. And so it's a rallying call and it's also a warning too because before this year, they were even saying, I, I, I think last year when they lost after Phil, after Phil Rivers' year and they lost in the, in the first round, Similar messaging. We don't want anybody here that's not willing to do whatever it takes in the building early, all that other stuff. It's it's very performative. It's very stance heavy. But clearly, they're not getting the results that they desire. And whether they want to keep the guys that they have in the locker room already and see if they can get it to another level or go seek out outside help, regardless, it's setting the tone for when you walk into this door for OTAs or whatever else, better know that we're not giving out name tags and snack time. This is get in the weight room. I just... Bring a barf bag. You're going to need it. But guess what? You probably don't because you've been working your ass off all summer and have put in extra reps and doing all these things because this has been gnawing at you too. Like this is the – this loss is the type of stuff where – you could really – if you com- if this team and these individuals commit themselves, like you could see- – really construct a magical type of narrative, whether it's next year or the years after. Like, these are the type of rallying calls, especially if they're a young football team. motivation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting stopped. And and it's one thing to get stopped the first time you go to the playoffs, and then it's another thing to go back and then fall short of those expectations, right? I mean, we talk about that in hockey with, with like, the Colorado Avalanche, where in the bubble, they were supposed to go all the way to the Stanley Cup Final Two, but they lose in seven games to Dallas, and then they get eliminated. And then last year, there's even more pressure. And then they get eliminated in the second round. I'm like, what's more disappointing? Well, last year's because they had all that disappointment from the year before that, and they retooled, and they looked, they tried to get better, and they did all of this. And so eventually they're going to get over this hump, or they won't. But regardless, you still have to show up every day with that 
burning desire to A, get better, but more importantly, B, not be a failure. Sometimes, sometimes it is about being afraid to fail and doing everything in your power to avoid that. And we can say for a fact that not everybody in that locker room did that this year. And it's not like Carson Wentz played well either. So, well, that's like the real big thing. Exactly. I just, my last point, I just very quickly, I just don't feel like there's only one football player I've ever seen in my life who's been on the field and acted like they didn't want to be there, and that's Jay Cutler. Like, you can't play <laughs> yeah. professional football in a manner of like, we don't care, or we don't want, or we're just there. there because no if you do that, in. you're going to get hurt very badly. Mm-hmm. So, when I have an outside person, I know he's the owner, like this rallying crowd, we need warriors and all that stuff. It's like, dude, like, look at what they're doing, what they've been through. You know, they started the season with injuries, divorce, but, like, those people, they were on the field. No, the result wasn't right. <laughs> Process over results, even in a super bad collapse. And I I just, I don't know. It, this was a great topic. I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, that's what we do on the Playmakers. That's what we bring. We bring energy and we bring thoughts and we bring probably controversial opinions. And one person is very familiar with those controversial opinions is Charles Barkley. And we're going to get into what he had to say about the Lakers on the other side of the break. 11 to the bet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet. Las Vegas. Stacey Air, I hope you enjoyed your week, girl, because you won that $2,000 prize last week because you won a perfect 10-0 and got the Rams-Cardinals tiebreaker uh, to win that giving props for round one of the postseason. But it is the divisional round of the playoffs this weekend, tomorrow, Adrian. So that's why giving props is back for round two of the NFL postseason. If you've missed this free-to-play contest last week, no problem. It's a brand-new week, which means new props and another $2,000 up for grabs. Odell Beckham Jr. over-unders at 52.5.5 receiving yards. Take Josh it. Allen over-under 2.5 passing touchdowns. Travis Kelsey over-under 5.5 receptions. All of these options and more at your disposal. All you have to do is go to betql.com slash props to sign up. Ten new props have been posted, including those that I just read. Most correct picks this week gets two grand. Wins two grand, not gets. Wins two grand. Remember, just by signing up, you're entered to uh, into it, a random grand prize drawing for $10,000 as well. Someone is winning that cash, and someone's bills are getting paid. So it might as well be yours. Head over to betql.com slash props right now to make your picks. Betql.com slash 
props. I'm going to make my picks, but, I, you know, I, obviously I can't enter, but. No. no. I want to see how I do. I, I want to be like Stacey A and be perfect. You Hell know? yeah, including the tiebreaker. And I'm sure the results sometimes follow. Like, you make you you make those picks with the best of intentions, and, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I feel like we might be on that track with Russell Westbrook, who was benched the other night by the Lakers in their latest loss to the Indiana Pacers. They've been losing a lot lately. He did get his name changed. The It's Russell Westbrook. Oh, oh I see what you did there. That's yeah. very clever what you did there, Adrian. I'm very proud. Um, I'm kind of irked by what's going on over there. Not just like the losing basketball, but just how they're handling their, their latest bit of adversity. And I'm not the only one. Charles Barkley, Sir Charles Barkley. Had something to say on, uh, was it Inside the NBA? Is that what that show's called? Yes, it yeah. was earlier Last uh, night. yesterday. Yep, let's do it. Now, they're blaming Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. Listen, the people up top who put that trash together are running and hiding like cowards, saying, oh, it's Frank, it's Russ. You put all them old geezers out there. Listen, the best guy other than LeBron in the last month has been who? Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And for y'all to be bringing a guy who was on the street and he becomes your second best player and the, the general, whoever running that trash out there, getting away, uh, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, Rob Palenka. It's ridiculous, man. What the hell, man. Rob? What the hell? I, I'm with Charles, honestly. I, I hate how they've kind of treated Russell. And granted, you said it to me before the show. It's not like he's playing well. But he's not the only one that's not playing well. Far from it. And so you have to get sat down. And and Russell, he wasn't even that mad about getting sat. I mean, there's a certain amount of competitive fire, and, and he's a very proud guy. He's a former MVP. He's one of the most prolific athletes of his generation and is uh, definitely one of my favorite players to watch. But he's also he, – he goes, I was surprised, yes, that I, that I was benched and I didn't go back in for the final, what was it, four minutes of that game. But I'm more disappointed that we lost the damn game. Like, he, he's committed to making this work. And obviously because he's getting paid a lot of money to go to work and uh, play for the million, Lakers. by the way, $44 right. million. And so I just – I just feel like they're putting literally everything on him and just blaming him when it actually – actually, there's, there's a sneaky little – tidbit in the front office for the Lakers. I have an explanation for why they're struggling. The curse of Kurt Rambis! Adrian, it is so real. If you're not familiar with Kurt Rambis, I don't really know him from his Lakers days when he was winning all those chips. I understand that that's probably what has allowed him to get all the chances in his post-playing career days because he used to be the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the GM and all that other stuff when Kevin McHale era. This is like Early in Kevin Love's career, Rubio hasn't come over from Spain yet because you know what Kurt Rambis did? What did he He picked Ricky Rubio, who's a very solid player, especially for your Cavs, and Johnny Flynn, who is no longer in this league. Two point guards before Stephen Curry. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. In Minnesota lore, it is one of the best jokes we got. And he's in the front office for the Lakers. So you tell me that the judgment of that man is questionable in some way, shape, or form. It's or the, LeBron. Is it, because LeBron's the, really the guy who constructed this roster. He says, I want Carmelo. 
I want Rondo. I want Dwight. I want Anthony. It's the judgment of it's a lot of people. Blame could be put all across. Correct. Uh, when it comes to Westbrook, I, I just I don't want to. First off, he was last game where they lost to the Pacers. Uh, he was going five for seventeen. Uh, but what really took him out the game is they told him when he's defending, please, Karis Levert, do not let him go to his left side. I love and Car- what did Caris Westbrook? Yeah, <laughs> Levert, classic basketball name. Uh, he said, please don't let him go to the left side. That's exactly what he told him to do. This man, this season is only shooting 43%, 30% from three, averaging 18 points. The last 10 games, he's so shooting. So he left? He's, he, well, he's not, but he, this isn't the first time he's not playing. Like, his defense has been trash. Last 10 games, only shooting 34.5%. He's 25% from three. There's centers in this league that shouldn't be shooting three-point shots. So they trade Russell Westbrook, how much better are they going to be? They're going to just rock it That's right the up to problem. the top of the standings, it's, it's right? It's kind of like the Colts, like, where you if you want to get rid of Wentz, like, he's dead money to get rid of him. But it's one of those things that you need to do. It might not fix this season. I don't think this season is beyond uh, repair. And by the way, earlier today... It's getting close, though. It's getting real close yeah. to just throwing it in the dumpster rather than taking it to Apple Care. I mean, it's not even their choice at this point with the way that the league's going and all these teams that are that are starting to play well. Brian Windhurst earlier today did report uh, there is one team in the league that is interested. It would be the Houston Rockets. Of course, they have John Wall, who hasn't played in I don't know how long. Since and they he got traded away play. from Washington. Yeah, and the money matches up. Uh, John Wall's owed $42 million. What a life he's living right now, not playing a single second on the court and getting that money. And Russell spent some time in Houston, briefly. Yeah, so I, that that but that's not that's not solving anything. He's very slow. Um, and just there's a lot of post-game comments from Westbrook. Just yeah. like, hey, I can turn over the ball. I can miss shots. I can do this, that, and the He's third. He's going through that Ugh. change where you realize that you aren't who you used to be and you need to become a new That you. happened four years ago. I know. <laughs> like, it's so frustrating. You know, since all of us just totally get on board with our mortality right away, right? I mean, I guess, but like you, it's this an adjustment isn't... clearly. And he's not the first one to have to be on the struggle bus in his first stint with said Lakers. Let's not forget that Dwight Howard had an absolute dumpster fire of his first tenure before they brought him back in 2020 for the bubble just out of necessity because they needed bodies and I just then, think it was added that was attitude though with Kobe like that didn't mesh well, it wasn't but that's, but that's the Lakers style. this is this is and we have to also point out that Russell is from LA he went to UCLA this is hometown too so there's a lot of pressure he wants to play well it's not like he doesn't want to earn his money it's not all of his fault I like watching him play you leave him alone the Rambus I'm telling you our number two. No Kurt Rambis, I promise. But sports will bring those. The bet, 11.40. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.